It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, D.C.? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with SB Nation's Bullets Forever writer, Ben Mehich, and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We're your hosts, and you're now Locked On Wizards. Go subscribe to the Locked On Wizards podcast on the Locked On Network, Spotify, or Apple Music. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. We have a great show ahead of us as we look at Washington's latest loss against the Chicago Bulls. Questions are growing about the rotation Scott Brooks chooses, and the Wizards are off to an 0-4 start now. Ben, what's up, homie? We just sat through another Wizards loss, this time to the Chicago Bulls. First off, how are you? And secondly, how is your mental health? We touched on that last (laughs) episode. I know after our last discussion, things were pretty gloom. But hey, it's Tuesday night. We just watched a great slate of basketball. Not so much on the Washington side of things. Tell us what's on your mind. Did you just you just dumped a bunch of BS on me and then said, hey, it's Tuesday night, the worst night of the week, and then said, by the way, the Wizards are terrible, and how are you doing? I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but I got one, <laughs> one quote for you that really sticks out to me, Anthony, and I had a feeling we'd be recording this podcast. Uh, after after the losses to Orlando. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The late, great Flip Saunders, when he coached the Washington Wizards, and they were awful, he developed a Subway sandwich eating habit. He would leave the game and he'd go eat at Subway, right? And he was asked why he did that and you know the overall impression of the season in 2012. And Flip Saunders said, don't think it can't get any worse because it can. And guess what? I think if Flip was watching the Wizards play, I think he'd, he'd, he'd say, hey, my quote was dead on. Anthony, you told me things were going to get better. And guess what, Anthony? They got worse. This team looked worse than they did against the Orlando Magic. We're off to a good start. They're 4-0. Right. So right. be it. But the Bulls are not. They were 0-3 uh, and dropped the close close game to the uh, Warriors uh, over their own and didn't look very competitive and, and, in fact, looked pretty bad. And they looked decent against the Wizards and made the Wizards look bad again. So I'm going to toss this question back to you because you were the optimist in, in the previous episode. Are you still optimistic about this team or what were your impressions of the loss and what does this mean? Yeah, it's tough. I, uh, you know, for my predictions, I, I predicted that Washington will win both games against Chicago, obviously tonight, that not being the case. Um, really, if we dive right into it, um, looking throughout the entire game, they never truly had a handle on it. Um, on the, on the defensive end, they struggled, obviously. I feel like we say that every every episode. We we talk about that every day, and um, it's just so repetitive. But I can't I can't stress enough how many uncontested layups and and transition plays that Chicago really did have down the stretch. Um, but going to the box score, um, 
every quarter, Washington was not far behind. As you and I, you know, we've talked about, we don't think that Chicago or that Washington should be behind Chicago at all. But, you know, in the first quarter, they were down five. Um, They lost the second quarter by one point. You know, Chicago built more of a lead in the third and, and, and Washington won the fourth quarter uh, points wise, 34 to 32, but obviously was not nearly enough to, to get the win as they take this L one fifteen to one Oh seven Chicago had seven players in double digits. Um, oh, Russ did it again. Russ recorded hit, you know, his third triple double of the season. And, and Brad had damn near another 30 point game. He, he scored 29. Um, Davis, Came off the bench and scored uh, scored twenty as well. Um, now going through that with with their stars right now, I know Rui's not um, in. He's he's still out with eye irritation. Those three guys, adding Th- Thomas Bryan along, um, those are their guys, right? Um, on, on the offensive end. Now, as as we go through this with with their stars. What, what, what was the problem? Why was this not enough again? I mean, to beat a team with really young guys, Zach Levine, Kobe White, Wendell Carter, um, Lori Markin, and these guys, I mean, you know, an, an old wizard in Otto Porter Jr. What, what, what went wrong tonight with, with what these two superstars, um, you know, put on the floor with the rest of their uh, Washington teammates? I think there's a disconnect between the stats and what we're actually seeing. And unfortunately, stats don't save the entire truth of the game. And you, you mentioned great numbers by Russ, 21, 15, and 15. Brad, 29 again. Bertans, 20 off the bench. And if you told me they had those numbers, I would have said, of course, they beat the Bulls. But of course, they didn't. Right. And those stats don't translate to wins. And that's really concerning because Russell's averaging a triple-double. Brad's averaging 30 a game. And it hasn't been enough. I mean, they were losing by 20 points to Chicago. There's a disconnect between what we're seeing and we'll dig a little bit deeper in, in the next segment about Scott Brooks, but and how this team is being coached and what the coach is saying and just their overall impression of this team. I mean, after the game, Scott was asked about the team's energy, if he was satisfied with it. And he said, yeah, we played with good energy. But you talked about it earlier, Anthony. They gave up contested or uncontested layups, uh, wide open three after wide open three. And Brooks did mention the fact that they were missing wide open threes of their own. And that's fine and dandy. But they weren't playing defense. I personally didn't see the effort. Maybe you disagree with me. But where was the effort there? I mean, you allowed 115 points to Chicago. They were winning by 20. It's like, I don't see it there. So, right, Scott told us all in, in the post game that the effort was there. He saw that 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 was a no-brainer for him. Um, and he praised a lot of his players, like Howell Neto and how great of a shooter he really is. Um, it's just it's really tough to to see Washington be a part of, I mean, Houston's winless, Toronto's winless, Detroit's winless right now. Um, Washington and, and Detroit, they are the only two that are, that are own four, but I mean, do you think that, that Washington should be with, should be in that category right now? I mean, adding, pairing up two superstars, two all NBA talent players that are in the East, not the West in the East. Sh- should they be in, 
should they be in this much trouble right now? I mean, before the season, I, I know we had our predictions and stuff, but if if I came to you before the season and said, you know, 0-5 was a big, big possibility to start the, the season, and 0-4 is a guarantee, what what would you say? Yeah, I, I would say something has severely gone wrong. And and we're pointing to things we can't even really point to what's going wrong. Like, of course, the defense is an issue, but we knew that was going to be the case. And I'm sure the team really knew that was going to be the case, too, before the season. Right. These people are dumb who put the team together. Tommy Shepard's been around for almost two decades or more than two decades. He knew this team wasn't going to be great defensively. They just hoped to overpower teams with their with their offense. And, and I thought they could have, especially in the Eastern Conference. But it just really hasn't been enough. It's been it's been quite disappointing to be honest with you just i mean you mentioned westbrook and beal and and they are playing with effort both of those guys are and russ is playing with energy but guess what it just hasn't been enough and what we haven't talked about and perhaps we can talk about this later is this team just doesn't have the talent that it takes to close games and to really remain competitive throughout four quarters right so they, they don't have the talent but what about the rotations yeah I mean, and i mean they may have the talent in my mind i still think that they do have the talent but the rotate, I mean, rotations right now are, are, are making my head spin. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Troy Brown all over the map throughout these first four games. Tonight, he got 10 minutes. I mean, he yeah. Got, he got- I mean, look, the way they're using Troy has been a point of contention for years now, and they clearly do not have enough confidence in him. I mean, they played him 10 minutes. Uh, then they ended up playing Anthony Gill over him. Look, Anthony, this is, I think, the most telling part about the way they're playing their rotations. They have some. Pretty interesting young players at the wing. Troy Brown, we mentioned. Isak Bonga, we mentioned. Garrison Matthews, who didn't play, and we can touch on that later. Um, Denny Avdia, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead of Avdia, uh, I mean, the, the three guys I mentioned, they've been benched for a three-guard lineup for Ish Smith, Nero, and Russell Westbrook. What does that say about the three young players that we just talked about, about Troy Brown, Bonga, and even Jerome Robinson? That says that Scott Brooks and the coaching staff either do not know what to do with them. Yep. Or they have zero confidence in these players because they're playing Ish Smith and Howell Neto at the the proverbial small forward and, and shooting guard position, even though they're six foot tall apiece over these players who are fit for the wing possession position. They they have z- either zero confidence or they just don't know how to use them. And either of those problems is a massive hurdle to get over at this point. Right, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't think Scott, I don't think he knows what he's. I don't think he knows exactly what rotation he wants, uh, you know, in, in any matchup so far. I mean, everything has been completely different. I, you know, as you just brought up, I mean, Troy Brown, I I don't understand that he, he got less minutes than, you know, Ro- Robin Lopez and, and how, how Neto. I'm not saying that how Neto is not deserving. He a hundred percent is. Um, but I mean, we've seen Troy Brown get 30 minutes, you know, you know, in the high 20s. And now out of nowhere, you know, hardly getting any playing time at all. I mean, there was there was hardly a chance for him to, to get in any sort of rhythm. And he's playing Anthony Gill for, for, for three minutes, you know, putting him <laughs> out there, not not putting, you know, Garrison Matthews out there, not not playing guys like Mo Wagner or, or Jerome Robinson. Um, yeah, I. It, it is a little strange to see a lot of, you know, it's, it's strange to see Howell Neto, Ish Smith, and Russell out there all at the same time. But it's it's also very strange to see a guy like Troy Brown, who who they they talk up a lot about, said, you know, before the season has a great, great chance to start. 
and that they have high hopes for him as they're, I mean, this is, this is his third season, you know, as they drafted him pretty high, um, you know, uh, three drafts ago. And it, 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 right now, this doesn't make any sense. Obviously that we've, we've talked about him at the point guard position com- compared to what he's being played at the three and, and that, not, that not making a lot of sense to a lot of people, but I mean, I don't care about all that right now. He's not even on the floor to, he's not being given a chance. I mean, tonight, I mean, tonight, look, look what we got. We have, we have four guys who got to the free throw line. Four. Yeah. And, and that's a product of how they're running their offense. I mean, they took 16 mid-range jump shots in the, in the first half that, I mean, I don't know, that might be a record of the, for the season at the, for at least the beginning of the season. Teams don't play that way anymore. You, you're, you're not going to get the free throw line if you're shooting 17, 18 foot jump shots. It's that mm-hmm. simple. If you're settling for mid-range jump shots and coach Brooks is okay with it. I mean, he said after the game, someone asked him, how do you feel about Westbrook taking this many, the, this, mid-range jump shots at this volume and he basically said like you know i've been around with russ for eight years and he's a superstar talent and he kind of just let him got to do what he's got to do but guess what it really doesn't translate to fluid offense like sure they have players on this team who can produce offensively but if your offense isn't coherent it's not going to translate to a productive offensive game regardless of what these numbers are saying right brad 29 russell another triple double but guess what it didn't look good it's not like this team looked fluid at any point and in, in, in against Chicago, they were missing open shots. There wasn't really much ball movement. It was kind of isolation, a uh, bunch of erratic sort of plays. Nothing was really clicking. I mean, they were turning the ball over constantly. It just wasn't working. And uh, I know Russ or, or uh, Scott Brooks talked about, hey, this, the season is still young. Um, I trust his team. We'll figure it out. But guess what? Like I said last podcast, games come and go. And before you know it, the losses pile up. Uh, last time the Wizards started like this, I, I think they ended up two and fifteen with, with with Flip Saunders to invoke his name again, and, and he was he was fired shortly that year, and and we can talk about that later if you want if you want to go into and let him know about this uh, this um, advertisement we have. Yeah, so right, we got a lot coming up. Um, more on Scott Brooks. We have Ben's big take coming up for what this means for Scott Brooks. But first, let's get into some football. Guys, are we ready for some football? College football heads into the bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have our college football playoff set up with Alabama taking on Notre Dame and Clemson matching up with Ohio State. Will we see another Bama-Clemson National Championship? Make sure to tune in and don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports expert. Betting on the Washington Wizards doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new 
Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, DC. You're still Locked On Wizards with Ben Mehech and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We have so much to go over from tonight's loss. To the Chicago Bulls, what went wrong in tonight's matchup? Um, and has we, we, we've been seeing a lot of the same pattern, but Ben, first, I, I just want to, to go to you. What does this mean for Scott Brooks? I know we already talked about him being on the hot seat, but what does this mean for him in, in a termination situation is he is he is he on the hot seat to get fired is are you done with him I mean does he have a chance to turn this season around yeah I mean it's a long season I think it would be irrational for me to say like oh the season's over they don't have time to turn around of course the time exists but like the sense of urgency needs to increase Scott after we talked to him in in the media scrum uh, post game Scott was kind of pleading with people and saying like look this team needs patience um, I trust this team. Um, I've seen the chemistry. He said it's the best chemistry he's been around since he's been in Washington. Look, they don't have time, though. And Scott, in particular, doesn't have time because he's on his final season of his contract. And the the requirement for him to continue on as the Washington Wizards head coach is pretty clear. They need to, at minimum, make the playoffs. And right now, Anthony, they do not look like a playoff team. And there's a sense of urgency beyond Scott Brooks, which which Scott Brooks is tied into, of course. It's the fact that if they're not winning games, then Bradley Beal is going to say, see you guys. And that clock is ticking a lot faster than Scott Brooks's clock. Because if this team continues to lose, and we said this in the previous podcast, and they don't become a competitive basketball team, at least looking like they're going to make the playoffs, by the midway point in the season, Bradley Beal has no incentive to stick around, one. And two, Scott Brooks is in all likelihood a goner by that point. And I don't remember off the top of my head, but when has a coach gotten fired midseason and that team gone on to make the playoffs? It usually doesn't happen. If, if, you're, if your coach is getting fired, it's because the team is very bad and you're not making the playoffs. Right. And then there's a snowball effect. Then what do you do with Russ? Of course, Beal by that point is his future might not even be in Washington at that point. Of course, Scott's isn't. And then you're then you're left with a slew of young players, none of which really stick out um, with superstar type potential. And then you're in another rebuilding situation. So these four games, I understand Scott's being patient. And I, and I understand if I was in the shoes, I would say the same thing. I would preach patience too. But I have to think deep down. He's thinking, holy crap, if we don't get ready, if we don't start winning games, it might be, I might, I might start packing my backs. So with that being said, um, is, do you still want him to be your coach? Is, if it's your choice, is, is he still the head coach tomorrow? Tomorrow, I'd say, yeah. But, I, I mean, look, time's a ticking, though. And then we talked about the schedule last game. I mean, our last uh, last podcast, we got we got Chicago coming up on Thursday. Then you have Minnesota, winnable games because Carl Towns is out. But then it gets really rough. You got Brooklyn, you got Boston, and you got Miami. It's a really right, tough right. game. I mean, there's a really good possibility this team can go, what, 2-10 and 10 or something like that? That is a horrible hole to put yourself in, in the, during a shortened season. Right. So sure, tomorrow he might be the head coach and he might even be the head coach next month. But after that, 
it gets a lot more difficult to see a future with Scott Brooks in Washington, D.C. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. The issues are very glaring. We talked about Troy Brown. The kid cannot get in a rhythm when he's playing 10 minutes one game, starting the next. The same is true with Howell Neto. He started when Russell Westbrook rested, and then he didn't play the first quarter against the against the, um, against the the Bulls, and then he's playing in the second quarter. He's missing shots. Do you know why he's missing shots? Yeah, he's a good shooter. It's hard to find a rhythm when you're starting and then you're not playing the next game. It's impossible. Right. I mean, these guys need a defined role. And to an extent, they give you the defined role by virtue of their play. I understand bro, that. Bro, the, the, the bench players have no defined role. There's no fine, there's no defined role. Right at, now, there's a set, there's a set starting lineup, and and everyone off the bench, it's up in the air, is it not? I mean, one I mean, game, complete- how how will Neto can not even play a whole half and then and then actually plays over 30 minutes. So how can you possibly expect this team to play with cohesion? I mean, it's impossible. And I get they're playing with energy and practice and like, oh, the chemistry is fantastic. It hasn't translated to when it matters. They, they are playing hard, but I guess they are. Sure, whatever. But like the cohesion, the structure on defense, the fluidity on offense, it simply isn't there. And there's one person to point to there. It's Scott Brooks. And this is a sort of thing that that he's been criticized for during his time in Oklahoma City and, of course, his time in Washington is the fact that his rotations have been head scratching at best, confusing, just don't make sense. And you talked about it, the, the way they've treated Troy Brown. I'm not saying Troy Brown's a second coming to Paul George or anything like that. Of course, he's not. But he's a capable player and they're treating him like they have no confidence in him. And yep. the same is true for their other young players. Garrison Matthews, I asked Scott Brooks about um, on, on um, Tuesday, and he said, I'll be patient. His time will come. Well, guess what? The team was pathetic. They, they, they were absolutely pathetic. They hit 27% of their threes. Garrison Matthews is one of the best shooters on the team, and he didn't play him. Why? Right. right, right. And, and, and your only reply is be patient? I mean, Scott, at some point, the patience runs thin with everyone in the organization, and it starts at the top down. At some point, the patience with Scott Brooks evaporates. Right. I mean, we really are only looking at, at Denny Advia, who, who shot well from three tonight. I mean, with the exception of Anthony Gill, he had one shot. He played three minutes. He he, he made his three-point shot. Um, But, yeah, you know, shooting 20, 27% from behind the arc will – will hurt you and them shooting almost 90% from the line means nothing. If no one can get to the line besides three or four players, I mean, guys like Zach Levine, Kobe white, Wendell Carter, Jr. Otto Porter, Garrett temple. These guys, I mean, these guys are all scoring in double digits with ease against, against Washington, mainly Kobe white and, and, and Zach Levine. And Wendell Carter, he's a problem on the boards. Not that there was much of a difference between rebound, rebounding between both teams. Um, I think there was a 10-10. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Washington had 47 rebounds tonight, and, and, and Chicago had 37. I mean, that's that's a, that's a humongous margin in, in possessions. That's 10 more possessions. And I just – all I'm wondering is what adjustments are going to be made to, to keep – Zach Levine off, off, you know, off the uh, free throw line to, to keep him from, from hitting threes, to, to keep him from getting inside. And what's really, I mean, the fourth quarter, in my opinion, I, 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 re- I really disagree with the effort in the fourth quarter. I, I just saw them kind of quit in, in my mind. I, I saw them just kind of just, just stop. I mean, transition plays for, for Chicago at that point, Seemed seemed simple. Seemed, I mean, and it seemed like Washington was just completely out of it. I mean, once they were almost down twenty in the fourth, 
it's not easy to come back from that, obviously, but it kills me to see a team led by Bradley Beal and, and Russell Westbrook. I know that's like, that's just scratching the surface. We're not getting into the team by just saying that, but the bulls are, are, are one of the youngest teams in the NBA. The bulls are one of the, the worst teams in the NBA and they have been honestly, since, since the late nineties. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, wait. They were good with Rose. They were good with Rose. I mean, that's right, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, they, I mean, since Derrick Rose tore his Achilles, right. they've they've done nothing. You're right, and, and the fact that they've they they looked veteran like the way they played, you could have thought that these players had ten years of basketball experience in comparison to the Wizards. It was absolutely pathetic, and and it talks to the coaching like how prepared are these players? I I understand that a lot of it is personal responsibility. You have to prepare yourself, but. It's really difficult to do what you're asked to do when your minutes are erratic, your role's not defined, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but at some point, something's got to give. It, I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand he's still trying to figure out the rotations, but the time to have done that was training camp and preseason, and and that time's over. You're right. Uh, I mean, you, no, you're 100% right. I mean, the, the season is, is well underway, and we – we still have question marks. How Thomas Bryan is being u- utilized. <laughs> so their front court, we talk about how many issues they have. And with Robin Lopez pretty much playing around 15 minutes a game, that's Thomas Bryant's only backup. And, you know, if he's not, if, if Thomas Bryant's not shooting from outside a lot, and if he's not knocking those shots down a lot, I mean, how effective of a center can he be? That's the thing. The best centers in today's game are effective when they're not scoring, right? You look at the mm-hmm. best centers in the right. league, the Rudy Gobert's, the Joel Embiid's of the world, the Nikola Jokic's of the world. Their best attributes are things that don't necessarily involve them getting the ball. Right. Rudy Gobert is a fantastic defensive center, one of the best of all time. Nikola Jokic is an incredible distributor, one of the best passing big men of all time. Thomas Bryant's best attribute is, is his shooting. And when he's not shooting, mm-hmm. he's not that impactful. When he's not hitting a shot, he's just simply not that impactful. And that's what stopped him from becoming that sort of center, right? And I'm not even saying he can be in that in that, in that world of the Embiid's and, and the Gobert's of the world, but it's really stopped him from bec- living up to his potential. And this is the thing, Anthony, and we can talk, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this in, throughout the season, but are we asking these players to be something they're not? Perhaps Thomas Bryant is just an energy guy off the bench. Perhaps Isak Bonga is just a decent defender off your bench, a 13th, 14th man. Maybe maybe Robin Lopez isn't even, isn't even an NBA center at this point. Yet the Wizards are asking them to be things that they might not be, and this is why they're in this predicament. We talk about Russ and, and, and uh, Beal, fantastic, right? But these other guys, what do we have here? So you're saying maybe this is more of a front office issue. Yeah, I mean, look, the roster construction was poor. There's no question about it. Robin Lopez should not be playing game game minutes in 2020. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. He should not be. Mm -hmm. Isak Bonga, 16 minutes starting, zero points. Did nothing, really. Had this sort of nebulous defensive impact. Not measurable. Had zero steals, zero blocks. But, hey, heck of a defender. So be it. Didn't really make much of an impact defensively against the Bulls. Same thing. I mean, Troy Brown, the most talented wing player on that roster, on, or at least amongst their young players, no doubt about it. Not defined at all. They're used as a three and D player that he's not. So it's like, a, and they have no veteran wings. They're they're forced. I mean, they're not forced, but Scott Brooks is relying on Ish Smith and Neto to play those positions because they don't have a veteran wing player. So the roster construction was one hundred percent flawed. There's no question about it. Yeah, and it's it's tough to see because you bring up Isak. 
in his line tonight. And obviously we, we are in, we're in agreement that he's probably the best defender on the team. And um, he's a go-to starter this season and, and obviously last season. And we, I mean, every game he's playing, he's playing Benjamin pretty much. I mean, he, he really, he really is. He, have we seen him play over 20 minutes this year? He, he shot twice tonight, both from beyond, beyond the arc. Didn't get to the line once four rebounds, nothing else besides a turnover and a, and, and a foul. <laughs> um, you're right. I mean, I, I can't, I can't sit here and lie and say that, that, that how is that an effective starter? I can't sit here and say that that's an effective no, starter, and, and but that's what they have to work with, right? Like, you know, going back to the front office, I mean, maybe, maybe we should be talking to Tommy Shepard. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Question, <laughs> I huh? don't think he'll, he'll <laughs> want to come on, but, you know, before we talk about the roster construction, what the Wizards have to do to finally turn the season around, I want to tell you guys about Bilko. If you need energy after that horrible Wizards loss, I mean, then consider Bilko. It's the best energy gel on the market. You know, Anthony, we have long days at work or at school, but we don't want to take the supplements that make us crash. The Wizards will do that for us. We'll watch them and we'll crash. But we don't need an energy drink or energy bar doing that. The other amazing part about Bilko is the fact that it's all natural. Plus, it's delicious. I personally love the chocolate mint flavor. It's deliciousness packed with energy, Anthony. Could you ask for more? Visit Bilko.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunkdown Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to the Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony, and we're back with the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Anthony, I'm going to ask you, is this season salvageable? What, what do the Wizards have to do to start winning games? I mean, you got Chicago coming up Thursday. Decent chance. I mean, I don't think Russ will rest, but perhaps they will rest him because they have back-to-back coming up. What do the Wizards have to do to win games? Is it just a matter of figuring out, figuring out the rotation, or is the, or is the team just fatally flawed by virtue of the roster? You know, right now it's it's really up in the air. I think Scott really needs to figure out a, a minute structure, right? I mean, you know starting from, you know, Brad and Russ who play the most minutes down to, you know, the last guy who plays the least minutes. It, this can't be up in the air all the time. I mean, this, this really can't be because you, you made a great point. I mean, how, how are they going to, how are they going to be able to mesh every, every night on the floor? If the rotations are so, so different and, and, and players that have been playing 20, 30 minutes are, are, aren't seeing the floor random nights. It's, it's, it's strange. It really is, but <laughs> but in my mind, what they need to do to win to win mostly is um, it's the other side of the ball, man. And and we can't stress this enough. We we talk about defense so so much with this team, 
after tonight, I really, I really do think that they are of one of the one of the worst teams defensively. Oh and, wow, we're five. What are this? Our fourth, fifth podcast, and Anthony's already saying that this team is horrible. I love it. No, no, no. Yes. So yeah, I mean, on the defensive end, a hundred percent. They, they are. I, I do think that they are one of the worst teams defensively. On the offensive end, is a much different story. Um, they have capable scorers and when they get Rui back and, and guys like, you know, TB and, and, and DB, they click, things will be better for them, but none of that matters. If you can't defend the, if you can't d- defend the other side of the ball, it doesn't matter. So if they, if they continue to, to let teams like the bulls or Orlando score 120 to 130 points, Every time they play them, that's, that's, that's really hard to beat. It is. I mean, just, just going off a point scale, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of NBA games end up in, in the hundreds. A lot of NBA games end up not in the hundreds, you know, below that. But that's all based on shooting and, and defense, right? And if, if you have to score over 120, 130 points every game, that's not <laughs> easy. That's not easy to do. And that it, it just won't be for them, no matter who they have on their team. I mean, you, you see that from any team that, 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 that's hard. So, so let me ask you, Anthony defense. I agree with you is the biggest issue on the team. Coaching, I think is an obvious, obvious disadvantage at this point, but defense is obviously an, an issue as well. And it's been for years now. What is the solution? Is there a solution on the, on the team? Like, is this a matter of just getting more consistent minutes and the team's going to play better defense? Or is this a matter of, you know, making a trade or, or, high, or f- like finding a random free agent at this point? Like, what, what do you do to fix the defense? You know, I don't want to sound like I'm an NBA coach because I'm not, but I do think a big, a big role that, that is played is, is just confidence for these guys. I mean, like, like we've been talking about this whole show, if these guys aren't playing their normal minutes, you know, consistently they're not, I mean, like, like what, what do you think if you, if you get 30 minutes and in the next two games, like you don't, you don't get a look or you, you play like three minutes. It It's not, it's not easy for, for a player's ego just to jump back in there and play the same as when they played, when they played really well for those 25, 30 minutes. I mean, how will Neto play, you know, plays, plays great when, I mean, when Russ was out and, and obviously tonight that he was back in, he was playing, not maybe not the primary backup role. Ish got you know Ish Ish had twenty one minutes if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ish was the first guard off the bench. Right, right, right. So so yeah, like that's this is we're talking about inconsistencies right now. Like th- these guys don't even know where they stand. Right. I mean, we don't know. We still don't know who the backup point guard is, do we? Yeah, we we have no idea. And honestly, not to sound pessimistic or be the bearer of bad news, but this is kind of the same team we had last year, and they they were one of the worst defensive teams in NBA history. Mm-hmm. So when we look at this roster again and we say like, you know, perhaps if we adjust the minutes and it becomes more consistent, they'll play better defense. I'm just not sold that the personnel is fit to be a good defensive team. And the, the, the thing, the, the biggest problem with this Wizards team is they don't even need to be a good defensive team to be a good team. Like you said, they're putting up 120, 25, 130 points and not on any given night. Yet that's not enough to win games. All they have to do is be amongst the top 20 teams in the league. If they're amongst the bottom 10, if they're the 10th worst defensive team in the league, that team's still in the playoffs. But you can't basically not defend and hope to win games. That's just not going to cut it. And these guys, as as erratic as their minutes have been, they've done nothing to show me that they're capable of playing defense. 
Garrett Temple, Otto Porter, Tomas Sadoransky, three former Wizards who would have all helped this team, were traded for basically nothing. Garrett Temple left, albeit they could have brought him back. They all scored double digits. They scored a combined 48 points. Literally. If that isn't ironic, watching these veteran players get whatever they wanted against this team, if that's not ironic and not the most so Wizards thing that you have seen, I mean, I, I I couldn't fathom it. I mean, Otto Porter was, I mean, he looked good and he hasn't looked good in years. He hasn't looked good since last time he played for the Wizards since he got that contract extension. And, and, and he looked good. Tomas Sadoransky, again, was looking like a competent, solid vet. Same thing with the Garrett Temple. Right, 48 right. combined points. That's pathetic and it's an indictment on the defense. Because if you can't guard those three guys, how are you going to guard the, the actually the, the star talents, right? And there's plenty of them in the league. And you're right. running into them soon. You're running into Brooklyn. You're running into Boston. You're running into Miami. Can't guard Garrett Temple and Otto Porter. I got news. Can't guard Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo either. Right. Those three teams coming up, that's scary. And if, Ben, if we have to, if we have to wake up Friday morning <laughs> trying to comprehend that Brad Russ, the rest of the Wizards are 0-5. Yeah. And with the knowledge that they haven't even played any of those guys yet, they played yep. Philly. Okay, like you know, but I'm not putting Philly in that elite tier. They're not. They're, they're just not. Okay, fair. Um, I'll disagree with you. I, I I'm not putting them in the tier that that they are on the uh, in the top of the East. I'm just I, I'm just not. I'm sorry, but they haven't played these guys yet, and and they're about to. Brooklyn, Miami, Boston. If they lose, if they lose Thursday, Ben. <laughs> oh. And, and, and they start the season 0-5. Um, I mean, then we might be really asking the question, how many losses until Scott Brooks may get fired? Right? Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, how, how long can you go with – I mean, if, if they went 0-10, what would that mean, right? Like, that's the thing, man, the urgency that Scott Brooks – and I understand he's talking to the media, so he wants to be optimistic. He's not going to say – holy crap, guys, I'm going to lose my job in two weeks. Like, he's not going to say that, of course. You have to think. He's thinking. If these guys don't start winning games, if I don't figure this out, it's over for me. And look, coaches I hired to be fired. I don't care if he's on his last season. He's losing games at this level with the ownership paying Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal as much as they are. They're not going to tolerate it. At the end of the day, these guys are here to make a winning product. And if Scott Brooks isn't contributing to that, it's over for him. And, and honestly, I mean, he's done little to show that he's really capable of winning games in Washington, or at least over the past few seasons, and especially this year. I'm just the way that they approach training camp, and I'll end, uh, and I'll end on the same thing. I'll toss it back to you if you have any final words. But the way that they approach training camp, the way they were talking about this team, the way that they suggested they would play has been the complete opposite of what we've seen the energy, the defensive intensity, the culture. It's mm-hmm hasn't translated to the court and that's why we're seeing them lose to teams like the chicago bulls so anthony it's tough that's it for me do you have anything do we can we semi-positive note yes yes let's leave them on a semi-positive note so i am here to tell you guys i'm not freaking out i'm not i'm not hitting the panic button oh even if they start the season zero and five they can still turn it around these guys are truly truly just starting to mesh together like you know a pair like Brad and Russ, that takes a little time to get used to, especially with their surrounding cast. Now, Russ tonight became the first player since six since this 1961-1962 season to record a triple double in each of his first three games of the season. That was that since Oscar Robinson. Um now I know that 
every time Russell is asked about a triple double question or, you know, his, his, his great, his great ability to stuff the stat sheet, he always sends it back. He always, you know, he hates talking about it. That is, that doesn't matter to him. Um, you know, obviously winning is on his mind. And from what Scott Brooks told us today, post game, he's a winning basketball player. This is what he does. And he has all the faith in the world as Russ leads the team with, with Brad as that winning basketball player. Does this mean anything? Um, him, him, him adding triple doubles like this to, to a season, you know, for the wizards, obviously the, the wins aren't, um, they're not translating, but does this mean anything to their season at all? I mean, it, it means that it's not enough to win basketball games, but I mean, I, I think on the, on the front that you're talking about, it's neat. Look at someone who covers the team and, and you as well. Now it's cool to see Russell Westbrook play at this level. He's still an elite basketball player. He's not, not the MVP Russell Westbrook that we saw three, four years ago, but still an elite basketball player. Look, the wizards haven't had the sorts of players in a very long time. It's very, very rarely do you get a talent of Russell Westbrook's coming through Washington, DC. And if there were fans, if the fans were allowed, this team would be selling out games. He's added some excitement to the team. Right. Some, some of it's mellowed of course, because they've been losing, but Westbrook is still one of the most exciting players in the league. And you know what? He's lived up to the bill. He's, he's been good. The, the poor shooting aside, I'll live with it. I mean, he's been excellent. His passing is, he's a much better passer than I anticipated. His rebounding is impactful. Um, of course, when he, when he gets going, when he gets hot, it's fun to watch. So the triple doubles, just from that, just the watchability standpoint, look, if they didn't have Russ and <laughs> they were losing the way they were, I mean, they'd be practically unwatchable. Right. And, just to, I, it, it, it's tough, but yeah, right. I mean, we'll move forward. Obviously, we're going to see so much more of that from Russ this season. I mean, and, you know, looking forward to that, he may break Oscar's yep. record. I don't know if yeah. you've been watching the, the, the number of triple doubles that he has career-wise, but he may, he may break Oscar's record. We don't know that right now, but um, Ben, I want to ask you a quick question about the winless teams in the NBA currently are Wizards, the Houston Rockets, the Toronto Raptors, and the Detroit Pistons. Who out of that four is getting the first? Who, who's going to win first? And Houston is the superior team by far of all those guys. The only reason they're losing games is because John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and basically half their roster were in quarantine, right? Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, that, that team's a playoff team. I think if they're healthy and I think they're uber competitive. The way they looked even before James Harden came, John Wall looked fantastic. Cousins looked great. Christian Wood, diamond in the rough. He's playing like an all-star. They got a ton of depth. P.J. Tucker, Daniel right. House. That team's really good. Yeah. And then we talked about the other guys, Pistons and Wizards. I have faith in the Raptors. They have a bunch of vets on that team, obviously championship team. So I have, I have faith in them. They'll turn it around. But so, so you, you, you just said Houston's obviously a, a playoff team. I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all, but you didn't. So you and I, we talked about the playoff implications leading down the road here. And we were, we're under the, we were under the understanding that Washington is probably going to be a playoff team. Are you out on that right now? No, I mean, I think it's too early and I, and I don't want to solidify, solidify myself as like the pessimistic pixels person. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, having covered this team for as long as I have nine years of the season, 
man, we've seen this story before, and I said that last podcast, and rarely do the Wizards turn seasons like this around. It would be it would be abnormal for them to turn it around. I'll say that. I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm just saying usually when the Wizards start playing this poorly and really any any sort of NBA team, and they've given us no indication that they're better than, they, than they've shown, right? They, they got kind of blown out by the Bulls, and they lost by, what, eight points, but they were losing by 20. And they didn't look very competitive against Chicago. That doesn't really strike me as a reason to be optimistic or faithful in this team. So I'm not out on them yet, but they have to show something soon. Their schedule doesn't lend themselves to win. So they're in a, they're in a world of trouble, man. I really do think so. Right. It was deflating to see them not in control tonight. And um, we have so, so much more to get into. Ben, Thursday, moving forward, predictions. Do you got another L coming to them, or are they going to get their first W? I think they win. I think it's a much-needed win. Same, same. Um, I think Love the that. team yeah. – This I think this was a slap in the face for everyone on the team. And I think, frankly, I think it was a slap in the face for Scott Brooks. I think he has to figure it out. And he'll lose sleep over this. He's a competitive guy. He'll, he'll lose sleep over the, over the um, loss to Chicago. But it's a must-win. And <laughs> I think it's a must-win because we talked about the schedule coming up. It gets real ugly, man. Right. And – Move and when we move forward to Thursday, we we're already pretty much thinking about Friday too because they got a back to back. They're going from they're hosting Chicago Friday or Thursday and then flying to Minnesota for a game on Friday, um, which could be two back to back wins. It could. I know. I know. I'm I'm being too optimistic after four losses in a row, but that could be a possibility. And hey, that could that could start the spark. Boom, two and four potentially boom two and four before you run into two of the best teams in the east i get it but um yeah that two and four could turn into two and ten real quick but um not to be again i don't want to be the negative pixels guy but um yeah russ is probably gonna rest in minnesota they were gonna rest right. back to backs this year so that makes things difficult this team isn't one that takes advantage of of, of teams when they rest their best players carl towns is out mm-hmm. um I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Two and four is a very decent possibility, but it's also a decent possibility. Because look, if you're Chicago and Minnesota and you look at your schedule and you see the Wizards on there, you kind of chalk it up as a win just because they've been really bad. So while we look at these teams and say like, oh, they're bad, the Wizards could win, these teams also look at the Wizards and say... Right, for sure. So we'll see. Yeah. So guys, that's all we got for you tonight, DC. I hope you didn't listen to this in the morning because we might have, I might have ruined your morning. Let Anthony uh, end us on a positive note. I will say, Robin Lopez almost took a three-point shot. I, I almost had to run and get a shot glass. Uh, you right, guys must have right. seen that. He, you called me. It was a, it, it was the longest pump fake I've seen in all of 2020. <laughs> I gotta say, I, 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 I think say. it was the longest pump fake I've seen in my 24 years of existence, <laughs> not just 2020. But you know what? He got inside. He looked like, yo, if you if you squinted real quick, looked like Luca on that play, that Listen, pump fake man, drive to the rim. He got inside, he, he, and he put it in the cup. I, that, that's oh, all we can ask for. That's so maybe that's another for. thing Russ or uh, Scott Brooks is doing wrong. Maybe he should just let Robin Lopez be the point, point center on this team. Let Robin shoot from outside so we can continue our drinking game. You yes, know, that's what we want. But DC, that's all we got for you tonight. Thanks for rocking with us again. As always, go subscribe to the Lockdown Podcast and the Lockdown Network, Apple Music, and Spotify. Go shoot us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Wizards. We have so many more great shows coming up. We got Gilbert Arenas coming on maybe next week. We have Jared Dudley coming on in the future. Um, and don't forget to watch Washington's first win, hopefully, 
Thursday night as they host the Chicago Bulls. Tip is set for 5 p.m. Eastern. Ben, do you got anything for us? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if things don't go well for Scott Brooks, maybe he'll join us as the third host in the podcast. <laughs> oh All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you, DC. Have a good night. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 